This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. He'll have hands laid on you. You can receive it whenever you're ready. And just remember that's a gift from God. When's the last time you begged somebody for a gift? They have a gift in front of you. It's nicely packaged. It's wonderful. You know the giver, and it's a glorious thing, and you get down on your knees. They're getting ready to present it to you, and you get down on your knees, and you say, give me the gift. Please give me the gift. Please give me the gift. But you never reach out to receive it. So just with an open mind today, as Pastor Bob ministers, receive. Receiving's not a hard thing. You know, listen, we can't be good enough to earn it. And we don't deserve it. But here's a reminder, how many of those, when Jesus walked on the earth, how many of those people were born again? Absolutely none. And, you know, you don't see Jesus giving them 5,000 things to do and telling them they're unworthy and, you know, you made a mistake back in 1919. Well, it wouldn't have been then before, but um, he didn't tell them any of that. And the man with the leprosy came and said, Lord, you can heal me if you will. And what did Jesus say? I will. So he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, Correct. So is there ever a time he would say to somebody, you know, I think you've been pretty bad. You need to keep your cancer. You need to keep that sickness. You know, and it's never yours. Don't ever claim it. It's not yours. It's something that's been diagnosed. But God never told anybody, go away, keep it until you get better, and then I'll heal you. He said, I will. So if we can come, and I was reading, I was thinking about some things on the way in this morning, and then there's a scripture that came to me, and I looked it up while we were praying. It says, if your heart condemns you, now how many of us can say our hearts condemned us because we didn't measure up? Well, first, my first question is, what are you trying to measure up to? We can't compare one another at all. We look at the word of God. That's what we look and say, okay, and let's, let me give you a hint. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough. You can't do it. So we can say in that light, no, we don't measure up. But what's our next thing but God? Didn't Jesus pay it for it all? So he said, if your heart condemn you, God is greater than your heart. So how do you get to the place where your heart doesn't condemn you? Anybody made a mistake any time this week? I could raise all these things here, you know, and say, yeah, so what, what do you do? Say, Lord, listen, I, I didn't do what you told me to do, or I did something you didn't tell me to do. I sinned. Whatever the thing is, go before God. Jesus said, bring all your care, because he cares for you. So you do that, and, you know, I tell people sometime, load up the wheelbarrow. Just picture a wheelbarrow, get garbage bags, put everything you can think of, everything the Spirit of the Lord reminds you of and everything that you try to condemn yourself for and you want to carry, things from your past, things you did way back when that the devil does not want you to forget about. Load it all up. Even if you've confessed it before, load it all up. Put it in bags. You know, some, we, some of us have to put it in bags in order to put it in the wheelbarrow so it doesn't spill out on the journey, you know? So pick up the handle of the wheelbarrow and take it to Jesus because Jesus said, you cast every care unto me because I care for you. And when you're casting that care, I used to think, well, you just toss it over there. And I cared about my cares at the time. And I wanted things taken care of. Well, that, does, that is not what that means. He said, just bring it all to Jesus. Bring it all to Jesus. Now, there's an interesting thing. When you bring it to Jesus... And you say, I'm coming according to your word. I'm bringing all this baggage, everything I've done wrong, everything I didn't do I was supposed to do. And remember what happened way back when. And you get there, you have to take your hands off the wheelbarrow. 
And I kind of picture it like this. I just take my hands off and step back. And then I start talking to Jesus and say, listen, I'm bringing all of this. I'm asking you to forgive me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm just coming before you. I'm asking you to forgive me. Now, there is something that happened. You have to remember what happened at the cross. Wasn't there a great exchange? So he took sickness so we could receive what? So can we take it this way? He bore, paid the price. He took sickness so we could take healing. There's a difference in having somebody offer you something and you take a hold of it. There is a great exchange. You need finances today. You need, you know, your bills paid. You need a job. You need peace in your family. Jesus paid that. Everything that's against the word of God, everything that God's, you put it in that wheelbarrow. Take your hands off of it and walk away. And I just want to do an experiment here for a minute so you can see. Pastor Bob is going to represent all the junk that's in my life. Okay? I want you to hang on to your chair, please, with one hand, because I need the other hand, preferably that. Okay. So are you hanging on? I, I want you to hang on. Okay. Okay. Represents the junk that wants to hang on in your life. You got it? Can you think of the junk in your life that you're hanging on to? I can think of a whole slew of it. All right? So this is like taking the wheelbarrow, and you've got it there. But you're talking to Jesus. You get forgiveness. You do everything that's necessary. And then, but... I want to, I want to, Jesus says, go over here now, all right? I'm, I want to go over here, but I, I'm not letting go. I'm not, you know, we need to, John, God said, go over here, let's go, let's go, let's go. Now watch this. When you release it, let it with God. Don't go back there and agree with the devil and pick it back up again. Because when you grab it, you have to do the whole process. Let it alone. If they said you couldn't, if they said you got a death sentence over you, I don't care what that is. Leave it and receive. Let it alone. That's why I kind of put, when I leave the wheelbarrow, I'll picture the angels taking it somewhere. And then I have a conversation with Jesus. And I've walked many a friend in non-friends like this and saw freedom in that moment. And so I kind of sidestep it and I picture the angels taking the wheelbarrow away. Then I have my conversation with Jesus. And then I thank him. I do all that. I confess. I receive. And I receive that forgiveness. I don't do it lightly. And then before I leave, I said, Jesus, do you have anything you want to tell me? And I listen to see if God tells me something. You know, some of the things, and I ask people, say, what did you hear? They said, I heard I love you. I mean, you, it, it's amazing what people hear. And some of them don't hear anything, and so there's condemnation. I said, mm -mm. listen, for the rest of the week, just make it a point to listen. Jesus will speak to you. But receive what he Paid for at the cross before you leave. Receive. Ask him if there's anything he wants to say. And whatever he says, be obedient to do. And if he says, I love you, say, thank you, Jesus. I love you, too. You know, do what I do. Hug Jesus. He's in you, right? Okay. So I'm taking up time here, but I hope you got something out of that. I believe that came from God. So if your heart condemns you, God is greater then you're hard. Get rid of that stuff. Open up yourself. God has something for you this morning. It's more glorious than you thought. My Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you and praise you and worship you. We thank you for everything that you're doing, everything you've done already, and for transforming our lives to something that you called us into, Father, that our books are fulfilled in everything that we're supposed to do, that we're not hindered by the things of the enemy. And we, Father, we just thank you that we are free, we are healed, you've already paid that, and we receive 
receive it today. And we thank you for the man of God that's coming to give us your word, the truth. And we have ears to hear. We receive what you say. We thank you and we praise you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, I hear an abundance of rain. And what does that mean to you? How about an abundance of healing in this place? How an abundance of blessing in this place? It's easy to receive. It's easy to receive. You don't have to wait. Living water. Right now, even as we speak right here, there's something happening in this gentleman up here. Spirit of the Lord. Power of God is going through his body. Glory to God. God's accomplishing a plan and a purpose, right, even as we speak. Just say, Lord, I want that. I want that. Quit struggling to receive you can't earn it. You can't confess long enough, hard enough, powerful enough, impowerful enough. Glory to God. Jack, I'm not sure what is going on, but glory to God and the Spirit of the Lord. Um, you put all that stuff, the works, put it all down, put it all down. Say, Lord, whatever you want to do in my life today, I yield every member right to you as an instrument of righteousness. You have your way. There's rivers of living water that are even now bubbling up inside of you. Let them flow. Let them flow. Let them flow. Receive. Just receive from God. And hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, I am your healer. It's not a was thing. And it certainly is not a going to be thing. For faith is now. I've called you now. Come forth now. Receive from me now, says the Spirit of the Lord. For I am disposed to show favor. I am merciful. Yes, even to the unmercied or on those that won't show mercy to others. I can't get the word, but he said, I'm merciful even to the unworthy, even to the unwanting. It's not a hard thing to receive today. Just say, Lord, thank you. I receive. Let's sidestep every blockage I put up there, Lord. Forgive me. Poke holes in it. Knock them down. Throw them out. Show me how to do what I need to do. But I refuse to be moved by anything from the enemy's camp. I receive from you today. I'm not leaving the same way I came, Lord. I receive from you. I receive to condemn myself for what I, I don't receive that. Let me say this right. I come against anything that the enemy would have me to receive from him. I just refute it. I come against it. I lay it down, and I receive forgiveness. I receive mercy. Yeah, that's a big thing. Lord, I receive forgiveness, and I release forgiveness to anybody who has wronged me, hurt me, harmed me, talked against me, thought against me, any of those other things. I just release forgiveness, for I refuse to hold any unforgiveness. Now, Father, the pipeline is clean. I receive, I receive, I receive. And we give you the glory and the honor. Holy Spirit, you just have your way today. And we just acknowledge you, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. And we just receive. We thank you. It's a simple thing. We receive our healing wholeness. And we declare it will never be that way again in our lives in Jesus' name. And yes, Father, I am reminded that we don't look to our body to tell us if we're healed. That is not the deciding factor. God said, my word is the deciding factor. Believe me, receive it, it's yours. Well, thank you for it. Father, we receive it, we believe it, we receive it, and claim it, it is ours, we are healed. In Jesus' name, according to your word. Now, Father, we just thank you for this awesome man of God.
that you have brought to deliver the word of God to us. We pray for rivers of living water to flow out of him, that he, he hears your voice, a stranger's voice he does not follow, and he delivers to us those things that you say mightily, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, if you keep that there, I might sing. And everybody leave. No, no, please. God is so good. I'm so uh, grateful to be able to get together and worship. It's been a while since we've been able to have a healing center. It's, it's wonderful to be, be back together and... Uh, you know, I was um, thinking we were singing Waymaker that, you know, he ever, never stops working. And the reason he never stops working is because his word never stops. All things are withheld by the power of his words. So if he lied, everything would self-destruct. So your neighbor is evidence that God is still working because you're still here. Or this plant, it just blow up. Because his word is always working. It's always active. It's always alive. It never has an off day. The word is never in a bad mood. And it's always on. It's always on. And, and I think that when we recognize, you know, it's, it's not by that, those feelings that, you know, the, Things of the spirit are not a feeling. And uh, I know some of the most powerful times I've seen of healing, I didn't feel anything. But uh, believed he was there and he, he was. Years ago, um, there was a meeting that uh, in the church we went to. Um, a guy named Darren Carmack. Anybody ever heard of Darren Carmack? And uh, uh, a lot of you haven't. But uh, anyway, he was, um, he came to our church and uh, he did a meeting and he, he's up there and he's literally, he, he says, now, uh, a lot of you think the, there's no anointing here or anything. And 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 I was one of those, yeah, I don't feel thing. You know? <laughs> and and he goes, uh, but it's a whole lot more in here than y'all know. Think okay. And boy was he right. Cause uh, Rob, did you get uh what happened to you? Oh, that's right. That's right. Come on. <laughs> so as a kid, um, through elementary school, younger and through elementary school, I dealt with every year, sometimes multiple times a year, sinus infections, ear infections, the flu, and strep. It was ongoing. They pumped me full of antibiotics like they did in the 80s with, with kids every time you had a sniffle. And so every year, um, at, at least once a year, I was dealing with, with one of those four things. And so I, th I think I was 11 or 12 years old, mm -hmm. and um, I had the flu and I had strep at the same time. And I felt terrible. Well, I, we got through 24 to 48 hours. My fever broke, so I was beyond the contagious period. But Darren Carmack was at the church. And I tried to get out of going to church that night because I felt miserable. And Dad said, no, we're, we're going to church. I was like, but, but I feel so bad. I mean, I felt I was weak and tired and achy. And, um, and so I remember going, and I can remember the pew. We were sitting on the right side, second row maybe. And were you guys there? Anyway, uh, anyway, um, yeah, and I remember he started, he started praying for folks, and I was checked out. I wasn't, I mean, I was not, I might as well have not been there. I was on Mars or something. And uh, anyway, uh, Dad said, 
going on up for prayer. And so I went up there. And so, you know, I was open. I was like, okay, I knew the Lord heals. And, you know, and so uh, he comes by and he, I mean, he prays people next to me. And I was like, that's pretty powerful. All right. And he gets to me and, and he stops. And I, I'm just ready for something great. And he pointed, he just looks at me and pointed a finger at me. And he goes, sickness go and never return. And he went to the next person. And I was like, yeah. is that it? Yeah. I was like, what? That's, that's all I get. I still felt miserable. And I went home and I woke up the next morning and I've never had the strep or the flu again. Um, yeah. uh, and, or an ear infection, strep, flu, ear infection. I, I've had, I, I've had two or three of my kids that got, it, I think one time our, that our family has had the flu. Three of our, our three kids got the flu and, and, um, I, I just, I was confident. I, I, I took care of them cause it's like, I don't get the flu. I, I just don't get it. It was, it was told to leave and never return. And, and it, it never did. And so, amen. Darren's coffee shop. Yeah, yeah, he's he's gone to heaven, and uh, I don't know if I'd heard of him before he came to the church. But he, uh, I tried to listen, tried to get hold of him some after that. But um, I do remember I got one of his. Uh, he had a couple tapes, got those, and it was it, it's the same stuff that we we know. I remember that, but he was just. Um, he was fully convinced, yep. and that, that's yeah, he, he was just fully convinced, fully persuaded. And um, I remember we had Rob deal with that, and Joshua, we're, we're learning, he's coming up, and I don't think he missed a day of school. And it's just, um, but the, the, the spirit, you don't, always feel you don't have to feel he's he's there he's there it's having confidence I don't believe when Darren Carmack said that that he felt anything it was just I mean it, it was just it seemed like nothing you know just he's just talking and and then boom the 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 testimonies from that meeting I heard so many testimonies uh, of what God did and it's like, Pastor Ron was saying, it was just like real easy, real fast. And, you know, he did, he did this, he did God's thing. He did God's thing. So I want to share with you uh, just for a few moments. And I'm so grateful um, for paper and, and notes. I, I left my Bible at home. Yes, I left my iPad at home, and uh, so I was naughty, but it, it's great to have a, a son who is blessed in tech stuff. He got it off my computer at home and printed it for me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The church is blessed, I mean, <laughs> Uh, so much. And with David too. David's, uh, he's a techie. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, David. <laughs> so I'm going to read from uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 17. And um, how many are, believe, are here believing today for manifestation of healing? Anybody here, here, here. Okay, so we got these three. Great. In Luke chapter 5, verse 17, I'm reading from the New King James. Now, it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought, uh, brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. When they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling and into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? 
Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, departed to his own house, glorifying God. They were all amazed, and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We've seen strange things today. So a couple things I want you to, uh, to notice is that, let me make sure it's in this passage. Yes, it is. This is three different places in scriptures, actually. But it says in verse 17 that the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present there in this place. And what happened is only one person got healed. But the presence of the Lord was there to heal everyone there. But only one person received. But this one person was uh, what they would call incurable. And, you know, paralyzed in just a, a terrible state. And yet that's the one person that received God's healing power. But the presence of the Lord was there. I want to submit to you every time we meet together, the presence of the Lord is there to heal. In fact, everywhere you go, the presence of the Lord is there to heal because Jesus lives on the inside of us. It's getting confidence that he's there. And it, it doesn't matter if you have a feeling or not, it's having confidence to release what's inside of you. But Jesus, it said that he saw their faith. It didn't say his faith. And I believe that the man on the stretcher, I believe he had some faith. Because you got, you got these friends that are going to carry me up on a rooftop. He had some faith, you know, there. But notice it said Jesus saw their faith, their faith. And as a, as a healing team of those that are on the healing team, our faith can make the difference. If a person can come, well, I want to say in neutral, not against you, but just be neutral. Our faith should be enough to get him healed. And we have to contend for that and, and push for that. Because Jesus, anyone that came to him, he never turned them around. Uh, turned them, said, look, go on. He never turned anyone down. Well, who represents Jesus on earth? We do. So we've been sent with the same mission of, of Jesus. So someone comes to us and desires healing, or we meet someone and we say, can we pray for them? I'm believing there's enough there, right there, just them saying that for our faith to get them healed. How many are in agreement for that? <laughs> I think about that Jesus sees them coming through the roof. Can you imagine we're at church and somebody's coming through the roof, you know? And this bed is, is lowered down. What a, that means that they, they were, whatever it took to get to Jesus to get this, they were doing it. They were not going to quit. They were not going, no matter how the obstacle looked, they, you know, the, I believe one of his friends was MacGyver in disguise, and he, hey, we can do this. You got a toothpick, we'll get you up <laughs> on the roof and, <laughs> and, and, and brought him down. 
Can you imagine the Pharisees and all the crowd there now? What? You got to be kidding me. Can't believe this is happening. But these men brought their friend in faith to Jesus. What if a person is weak in faith and we're strong in faith? I believe strong faith connected even for a little bit of faith, weak faith, can bring healing, can bring wholeness. And many times I think that we look at a person where they're at, what their faith is, and I think we need to stop looking so much at where their faith is. Let's get them healed, then teach them faith <laughs> and teach them how to stand and teach them how to fight. Because after they get healed, we, the enemy's going to try and come steal what God gives. So we got to teach them. So I, I believe we need to stir ourselves and say, I'm a carrier of God's healing power and we minister forth and we believe God. So this speaks to me that when people are weak, we can depend on our faith for others. And really that's what the body of Christ, especially a family of God, we're, we're there for each other. One is weak, the other one's strong. Just like in marriage, you, uh, one might be weak in this area, the other one's strong, but you make a team, you come together. And that's the way we are to be. In uh, the other place in Matthew 9, Jesus tells him to be of good cheer. And in the Greek, it actually says be encouraged. He tells this guy coming down on the bed, he looks up at him, <laughs> be encouraged, be of good cheer. He must have needed encouragement because I don't believe Jesus wasted words. I believe he needed to be encouraged, and Jesus is telling him, be encouraged. Why was he discouraged? Well, you know, it's possible he had been there for a long time. And we've all dealt with people for long-term stuff, and it gets, people get weary. They get tired. And that's where we come along. We, we be a strength to them and a help to them. But this man was discouraged. But then Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. And in the Greek, this means you received your forgiveness a long time ago. It's passive voice and perfect tense. It means you received your forgiveness a long time ago and you've been forgiven ever since. Be of good cheer. God has heard your prayers for forgiveness and he answered you a long time ago when you prayed. What would that do to a person who is discouraged because he was probably carrying, he had probably done something in the past he was ashamed of and it was hindering him even receiving from God because he was so discouraged. He was shameful. He was carrying self-condemnation and we got to forgive ourselves we got to forgive and, and forgive others so I believe he was carrying guilt from the past he was discouraged because of something he had done in the past he probably asked God many times for forgiveness but if your heart condemns you God is greater see you can you can be asking God for forgiveness but how many knows he forgives you I mean it's it's done and that forgiveness cleanses your soul and all the unrighteousness and impurities of your soul, your mind, will, emotions is cleaned out of you. But see, if you take up the memory back up and the heartache of that thing back up, you'll find yourself asking God for forgiveness again because a feeling that's dictating to you over what you had done by faith receiving forgiveness from God. And that feeling was saying, you haven't been forgiven. Now, you've been forgiven, you just haven't forgiven yourself. But who are you not to forgive yourself if God Almighty has forgiven you? Don't even, what? 
God's forgiven you, but you won't forgive yourself? Are you saying you're holier than God and you have a higher standard than God? No, I don't, don't think so. So then I start thinking about in James chapter 5, verse 13, it says, Any among you suffering, let him pray. Anyone cheerful, let him sing psalms. Anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him of all in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now, it's the only time in Scripture that you say to pray for the sick. No other time you say prayer for the sick. If you look at Jesus, he was rebuking sickness and telling it to go. We, we exercise our authority. We don't have to pray and ask God to heal. It's okay to because we have it in Scripture here. But God wants you to get to the place where you're not asking them for healing. You're commanding authority to be released and that sickness and disease to leave and to flee. But sick here is an interesting word. It means weakness, weakness. And it means a person who is sick but weak in their faith or their Christian walk. So actually when it, it talks about coming to Elder's church, it's talking about somebody who's maybe a, a new believer or maybe someone who's come back to the Lord and, 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 of course, we welcome anyone who wants to come, you know, down for prayer. I'm not, I'm just saying that's the context of this. And they come and hands are laid on them. And the Bible, what does it say here? I mean, God not only heals them, it says they're forgiven. It's like he goes all out to take care of these that are weak in their faith, weak, or, or, or babies are learning, and we're all in process of learning. We're still all moving forward. But God goes to great lengths for those that are weak. These are weak children of God, and we're to come up with our Faith in God that this thing is done and finished and taking authority in their behalf for them. I believe that in a sense, we're elders bringing healing virtue and power. And not only are they healed, but their sins are forgiven. Now, if they're a believer, you know, we don't confess our sins to get saved again. It's not our spirit that gets, receives forgiveness. It's our soul. Our mind, our thinking, our emotions need to clear out of all that unrighteous yuck and receive forgiveness. Amen? Well, God just supernaturally does that for them, for them and the yuck is gone. And they're probably going, where'd the yuck go? I mean, that was great. I'm healed. They, and and they, were, they receive it. God takes care of us wherever we're at. You see the love of God in this? Just going all out. I mean, out of the box, I'm going to take care of these. We just have them come up. You lay hands on them. You pray the prayer of faith for them. I heal them. I forgive their sins. Mm, glory to God. That's going the extra mile. I love that. But then the next verse, James 5, 16, sounds like a contradiction, but it's just the opposite of what we just, what we, the verse 15, what we just read. This is the opposite of it. Verse 16, confess your trespasses to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And what this speaks of, God wants us to grow. This is a person that has grown to the point that they realize when they have wronged another person, they realize it's wrong, and they go to that person and they confess their fault. It didn't mean that we all gather together, confess your weakness. I used to think, 
I, I, don't, I don't really like this. What, what, you know, oh, we're supposed to get together and just all confess how weak we are and, you know, <laughs> all this garbage. And so, no, that's, that's not what it's talking about. But there's some people that think that, you know, there's healing when we confess our weakness and that. No. And I'm not saying there's not a time to open your heart to someone. But I'm saying that the context of this is not that. It's saying that you've grown to the point that you know when the Holy Spirit told you you did something wrong. You go to that person and say, look, I was wrong. Forgive me. And there's forgiveness. You have prayer. And, and what does it say? That you may be healed. That you may be healed. So that, that spoke to me that there are times, and we have to listen to the Holy Spirit, they have to forgive in order to be healed. That's what this verse is saying. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. So forgiveness, and I, I was saying about forgiveness. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness, if you don't forgive, it's an indictment against the cross. It's a front to the cross because you're saying what Jesus did at the cross isn't enough to include this. So you're actually being proud and haughty and coming against the cross and God is resisting you and you're not going to receive your healing. Now, this is for a believer that knows some stuff. You don't go up, somebody doesn't know anything. Hey, look, you need to confess your sins. You, I know you have, a, you have a word of knowledge. You, you need to forgive your dad. No, you don't do that. You, just, you come up, and there are, you are qualified for healing. Here, take some of this. It's easier to get unbelievers healed than believers a lot of times. Because you can just walk up and give them help. The others are... Are they know just a little bit to be against themselves. <laughs> but we can get them healed, I believe, in Jesus' name. But we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If it's a believer, the Lord might prompt you and say, they need to forgive. They need to forgive. Because it's hindering them because they're being affront to the cross coming against the cross and they know better because this is talking about people that know better that know the truth so we need our hearts clean towards each other so this this showed me that this unforgiveness opened the door to sickness and can hinder our faith so we as a healing team we must keep our hearts clean I know we all know this but we got to keep our hearts clean because we want the full flow of God's healing power to flow through us. And I, I could spend, I've had um, several dreams that uh, everything was uh, last few months wide open, but it wasn't church as normal. Uh, the body of Christ was praying like never before, and we were going forth like never before. And bringing in the harvest. And being who we're called to be. Amen. Amen. So in, in Matthew chapter uh, 9. I want to read it from the other uh, uh, gospel. It says. Then behold they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith. said to the paralytic. Some be a good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And, and at once some of the scribes said within themselves. This man blasphemes so we get this we got all this going around on in the same room a man's being lowered from the ceiling jesus is saying son be of good cheer be encouraged your sins are forgiven and then you got others in the same room going blasphemy blasphemy did you hear what he just said blasphemy can God's power, the presence of God work in a crowd where there's 
unbelief and even coming against the work of God, can God's power still work in the midst of all that? Have you ever been taught, we don't want any unbelief in the room? We clear the whole church. I mean, <laughs> we all have some place, you know. My goodness. Somebody asked me, <laughs> said, can a person have some sin in their life and still get healed? I said, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Because the last time I checked, we're still all in process. I don't know anyone that has arrived. The only one I know that thought he had arrived came to church one Sunday. And he told me, in, in this place, he said, look, you're the pastor. I'm, we introduced each other. And he, I said, yes. He said, I want the pulpit at the end of service. I said, you do? <coughs> he said, yes, I want to minister healing. Everyone I've ever prayed for has been healed. And me and my lightning fast mind said, well, the only person I know that has that type of record is Jesus Christ, and you're not him. Uh, I've got a whole lot of money. That was his thing. I've got a whole lot of money. I said, where's your church? Where do you go to church? Oh, I just go where the Lord tells me to go every Sunday, and I've got a whole lot of money. So we'll take your money and leave this church. And, uh, and he left. Or we were going to have to cast some demons out. <laughs> we are still all in process. So there's grace and there's mercy and there's goodness. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, you're glad for the mercy of God. Man. Verse 4, but Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk. Jesus is teaching them that the work of the cross, the thing that was come, both were paid for. Jesus took the source of sickness, which is sin. Sickness, disease, infirmity came in because of the result of sin. Jesus took the source and defeated it. He, you're talking about going to the root. He went straight to the source of that thing and took care of it. So there is no sickness or any disease that can stand against the name of Jesus, against the power, the healing virtue of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he said, your, your sins are forgiven, or is it easier to just say, arise and walk? That's intriguing to me. Well, it might be easier in that group, that crowd, to say rise and walk. Because when you say your sins are forgiven, they're going blasphemy. Did Jesus choose the easier route? <laughs> no. He went and said your sins are forgiven. So could it be that our prayer sometimes this needs to be a rise and walk. Or, which I'm glad we brought up Darren Carmack. I hadn't thought about him in a long time. Just point the finger. It's gone. In Jesus' name. I mean, I, I don't remember anyone being short and... <laughs> Going through the healing line as fast as he did. <laughs> and that was back July the 5th, 1986. 86. Independence Day. It was. Got free. Wow. Hallelujah. Just simple, simple faith. Simple faith. That's what Kenneth Tagan was a lot of times. I have a friend that his his wife had a nervous breakdown and really had lost 
consciousness pretty much. And, and he had tried everything and he just put her in the back of the car and took her to Tulsa, just right there and knocked on Raymond trying to see Kent Hagen. He said, uh, well, he's not here. He's got a meeting tonight. Came to the, the meeting and carried her up there and said, you know, this was going to be thought one of those long prayers. And he just came up, leave her in the name of Jesus. She's out, gets up perfectly in her right mind and perfectly healed. So I, I believe we need to turn the volume up. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me see. Okay. For which it's easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, go to your house. He arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God who had given such power to men. He gave it to, it was to Jesus, but now it's been given to his sons and daughters. It's thinking about um, the anointing and the power of God that's within us. The more confidence we have in that, the more you can release it. It's releasing that power that's what it's about that people can be made whole and healed healing is an outward proof that God forgives sins healing is an outward proof that God forgives sins so we're both done at the cross at the same time so healing is an outward proof that God forgives sins the root of all sickness and disease is sin when Jesus conquered sin at the cross he also conquered the source of sickness and disease so there is no sickness or disease or anything beyond his power to heal in fact he's, he's already done it it's already a done deal. God is not a respecter of persons. What he has done for one, he will do for another. That's where the testimony of the Lord's spirit of prophecy. I, I, I think we need to not hold back testimonies. And I have made it kind of, Linda, I, I said you could share your testimony. I'm just re reminded of that. But one thing that um, I have really in my heart I'm, I'm going to celebrate the smallest of things. Amen. I don't care. It, you know, if somebody can wiggle their toe that they couldn't wiggle before, I'm going to celebrate. Yes. Because that's God's healing virtue and God's healing power flowing and working in them. And I'm going to celebrate it. Amen. Amen. Well, Linda, why don't you just share? Because uh, I told her I would have her share. <laughs> we need the floating... Because this will, this will uh, encourage. Because what God has done for one, he'll do for another. In Revelations 2.19 or 12.9, I'm not for sure where it is in Revelation, but it's there that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So I'm here to tell you that on November the 4th, I was hit by an 18-wheeler on Interstate 40 going to my church to pray. I got jumped out of that car saying, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Of course, I was a sight because everybody stood and watched. I did not have one hair out of place other than what it already is. Until I got into the wind, I, I felt the hand of Jesus on my chest as I was being catapulted down that street after that truck hit me and 
Anyway, good news, I got a brand new car out of it because I stood on the word of God according to Genesis 26, 12, and where it says that uh, Isaac sowed in the time of famine and reaped a reward or a harvest in the same year. I reaped within three months after I gave my seed of $26.12. But what it has done for me is this. It has started me on such a grateful journey. I've got a grateful journal now. And if it's, if it's just, I hear a woodpecker when I wake up or turn over or whatever. When I get up of a morning, I go right that down and say, Father, I heard that woodpecker. You did that for me. I'm so grateful for all the goodness that's in my life. I didn't say I'm perfect by any stretch but it has started me on a new journey. I can't complain for 40 days. <laughs> and I have not. I never was a real complainer. I was harder on myself than anybody else. But the thing is, it has started me on a journey with Father God. And I realize I've got so much to be grateful for. Mm. And there is a healing that comes in that, Pastor. Yes. I really believe that you can get healed just by saying, Father, I thank you. Amen. He certainly protected me that morning because I was listening to a CD on peace. Mm. Now, if you have never heard a CD on peace, it was, it was Keith Moore. He was singing about the peace of God. And as I was going around that, being catapulted down there, and I ended up on the... the what is that thing on the side of the road? Uh, the guardrails. My car was totaled, but I got out. Anyway, the, the point being, I'm so grateful for all the goodness that God has done to me and for me. And I, I really believe, and I'll say this to everybody else, the best is yet to come for us if you'll just take it and receive it. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you. Let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Lord. And when I was talking to Linda, I was reminded of a guy named Merlin Carruthers. I don't know if anybody remembers him. I might be, did you remember one? Okay, I guess I'm the only one. But I love the supernatural and healing been saved long and their theology was wrong about healing God it's always God's will to heal and they were more sometimes he does sometimes he doesn't but they just got into praising God that they uh it was kind of a grateful thing they were not going to complain they just praised God and were thankful and they had all kinds of healings um and even with the wrong doctrine <laughs> let's let's bow our heads because I want to we want to, to minister and, and believe God Father in the name of Jesus we believe that your power is present here now we release our faith knowing that you're here God, we thank you that you're here. And right now, Lord, I thank you for forgiveness of sins. I know Joe has already mentioned this, but I'm just going to mention again, if there's any place in your heart you need to forgive anyone or yourself, let it go right now. Just tell the Lord, forgive Release that thing in Jesus' name. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277.
down.